Follow the Leader is the third studio album by American new metal band Korn. The album was released on August 18th, 1998 through Immortal slash Epic. This was their first album not produced by Ross Robinson. Instead, it was produced by Steve Thompson and Toby Wright. The album peaked at number one on the on four charts, including the Billboard 200, with 268,000 units sold in its first week of release. It is considered to be the band's most commercially successful album, being certified five times platinum by the RIAA. The album generally received positive reviews by critics and sold around 14 million copies worldwide. Korn was praised by AllMusic, saying the album is an effective follow-up to their first two alt-metal landmarks. Brad, this is obviously the greatest album we ever made. Your favourite record of all time. How much do you love Jonathan Davis? And is it true you two are dating? Well, this is the this is the best album ever of all time by a band that has a backwards R in their name. And no, the rumors aren't true. I'm not dating Jonathan Davis because he's fat now. It was just a one-time thing, a short, fl- a short fling, just uh, no emotions an infatu- involved. An infatuation with white man dreads, you know, like that dirty white man dreads and uh i just thought ah he's he seemed cute yeah but he wasn't in the end in the end he just broke my heart really and and seemed to write angry songs about me and i didn't appreciate it was it the cultural appreciation or did he dumped you he dumped you was that what happened? he did yeah mm. i i i wasn't um pure enough Oh really? Is you this... found out about your dirty past as a chorus girl. <sighs> Filthy past singing in Annie. This is their third album, you said. Yeah. So they did yeah, their right. first album. I don't know what what was that called? Was it just called Corn? Oh yeah, I think it was just Corn's Corn's Corn. Corn on the cob. Just and that, straight uh, corn. Straight corn. And then it was uh, Life is Peachy. Yes, that was the second one. And then this. Yeah, that the sounds leader. about right. And this was yeah. the one that put them into the mainstream. Was it though? I remember when their first album came out, that song Blind was big time. It was like, whoa, what is this new? These boys are angry. I'm angry too. And I'm an angry white male. This is right at my alley. And and then the second one wasn't that good. And then there was this one, which had the sweet lead single of 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 Oh help me out. It's it's track number three. I can't even remember this the title Got of it. The live um, Freak on a Leash, I think. Freak on Leash. That's it. Freak on Leash. Remember that hitting the radio it just you know, it was everywhere. And then so was Got the Life. And mm. and that's why the album was a hit. Other than that, I'm just going to cut straight to the chase here, Dan. I reckon there's three good songs on this album, and that's what they start the album with. And then it turns into the biggest pile of horseshit rap rock 
crap. Uh, so, well, at least until Kid Rock came out. That's that's me laying it down. Three amazing tracks, and then some Fred Durst shit, and yep. that's it. And then I'm I'm kind of out, you know. And I agree, it's a a great album, and Corn do well, but I think Corn are. Uh, I prefer Corn as the greatest hits band now. You know, like. Uh, pick up their greatest hits record, put it on, and I know there's going to be twelve kick-ass tracks. But as a as an album band, nah, I reckon they each album has, barring the maybe barring the first album, I think the first album we could have I could rate that as a classic, and you know the skippability would be pretty low. But after that, yeah, corn went downhill pretty swiftly. I reckon. What say you, Savage? Um. I'm a little, I wouldn't say I'm their greatest advocate, but then I've got nothing against them. Mm. Um, the first album came out, uh, there was a lot of, I say, I've talked about this before, it was a heavy metal band on TV with music videos and I couldn't understand it. And it wasn't kind of the metal I was used to with Flair and Metallica and Megadeth and stuff. Yeah, and there was that big it was, hip-hop influence. It was the new metal. Mm. Mm. And I remember house-sitting for someone, and they had – I listened to the first Corn CD. That was the first time I sat and listened to it, and I thought, not too bad. And mm. he also had uh, Life is Peachy, and I listened to that, and it was much better produced. But mm. I didn't like anything on it at all. I thought, oh. It, it, and it was songs, funny yeah. because it was the exact same band, exact same sound. It just wasn't as mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And when Follow the Leader came out, to me, it was everywhere. Like there were, the singles were all over the radio, the videos were mm-hmm. all over the TV. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they'd polished up and gone a little bit more commercial too. There was like the disco um, hi-hat beat going on. And uh, it was it a got the life. Yeah. 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 It was like it was. It was a more approachable corn, I think that, and I think this, yeah, this is their biggest selling album, fourteen million albums. They haven't, yeah, I think they haven't this. Is, this. The, uh, it was a crossover album almost. There were, you know, the hilariously, the Christian set at my high school, the God fearing Bible reading folk, took uh, got the life as their anthem. Because uh-huh. there's the line in it, something along, it goes like, God told me I've got the life. And they were like, yeah, God told us I've got the life. I mean, they're just kind of ignoring all the um, sex addiction, um, pornography addiction, calling people faggots, all that stuff, of all the other corn songs. <laughs> oh, I think they like <laughs> that bit. These guys have got some good values going on here. <laughs> Yeah, this guy's <laughs> speaking to my soul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I was the same. Yeah, saw it everywhere. Um, I think corn, my similar to you, I suppose. I was coming back from Wellington on a road trip, calling to Real Groovy. You remember that store? And bought a couple of CDs back when you bought CDs. And I bought Foo Fighters, Color in the Shape, and Corn's debut album together. And we crashed at some random person's house and had a stereo. I was on the couch 
and I put them on fresh listens. Foo Fighters, I'd had their first album, so I kind of knew what to expect, but really dug that album too. Maybe a future episode of the podcast. Uh, and then I put Corn on, and of course, it's quite different to the Foo Fighters. But that opening track of Blind, and you sort of get into it, and oh, oh, you know, it's an easy. That first song sets the standard for Corn, right? Cross the board. And then the rest of the songs are pretty good, catchy, and it worked. Second album, which I got, you know, whenever it came out a couple of years later, I thought, yeah, same as you, not as many good songs. Well, better produced, but just no real hooks there, maybe one or two songs. And then I don't think they ever really came back. They did, so Follow the Leader was the big hit with three songs. And then after it was Issues, and then after it was Fuck Knows, I don't know, guitarist left, drummer left, you know, all sorts of horseshit. Again, they had a couple of good songs right through their career on all their albums, but no, like, start-to-finish banger albums, I don't think. I understand their second album, they got off tour and had two weeks to write it or something. Mm. So that was a thrown-together mm. one, and uh, there was something about they're one of those bands where the odd-numbered um, so albums are the good ones. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Like Indiana Jones films. Like Indiana Jones films, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Like, yes, yeah, that's true. We do have a fifth one supposedly coming if it ever comes out, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, yeah. Like, what, what, do you think of new metal overall? Do you think it, it deserves its own genre? Do you think it's just like heavy metal? Do you think, you know, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I was listening to the little, uh, the thing he does with Fred Durst and he's got a line in there. He goes, at least I got a fat original band. Where Corn mm-hmm. were that first band, at least I'm aware of that, put the hip hop with the heavy metals. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as a full-time thing, because there was like Anthrax doing a song with uh, Public Enemy, um, mm. and there was Faith No More doing Epic and songs like that in the past. So yeah, this is the yeah. first band that went. Uh, it was like it's like Cypress Hill meets a metal band. The whole album with Corn, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, the angrier singer. Yeah, like what I read somewhere was that new metal was was the first music in a long time that didn't take from like the blues and rock and roll, you know, it didn't have that standard. Um, it still has your verse, chorus, chorus, verse out kind of stuff, but it's not the one, four, five, you know, like it's not taking those musical changes. It's more hip hop and beats and sick bass lines. Yeah. Um, uh, I with, with Cypress Hill, what the music does a lot of the time is it pedals back and forth, up and down a semitone. Mm. That kind that of thing. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's basically going between an E and an F mm. back and forth. Mm. And, and mm. I was watching the guitar player play a couple of his songs and, like, he knows what he's doing. Like he's got a bit of musical expertise um, to create that kind yeah. of music and the chords they're doing. Like they create a lot of dissonant kind of sounds, and they do it very yeah. well. Well, that's um, their thing. It's, it's just clever music. Unsettling. Yeah, 
but it's yeah. you know it definitely follow it definitely follows a, a pattern though you know like here's our drum you know we'll do the intro kind of scratchy just with the guitars and then when the drums and bass come in we'll do that same little riff but we'll do it louder and heavier and then for the verse we'll go back to nice light version of it and we'll go heavier you know and then switch it up for the bridge and then maybe some beatboxing or a rap section and some crying and whimpering and then we'll get out of it you know like corn definitely has a um you know a, a pattern though there's one song in this album later on where they're doing the you know, they do some little riff at the start lightly and then he goes, fuck all that bullshit. And then it goes into the, you know, they mix it up and it's not the same riff and you're like, Ooh, mm. that's new. But then they never do it again. <laughs> I, I think they did have their own sound. Um, sure. For, I mean, for a little while though, I think they had, you know, when you hear a song, you can definitely go, well, that's corn, you know, heavy drums and mainly that the bass where it's just, the low end of the bass and the super top end frequencies. <laughs> That's it. You know, you can really hear the string slap and you know, that to me is corn. And then the guitar noodling sort of like rage against the machine, you know, very um, scratchy little light riffs. And then the chainsaw riffs, you know, when they kick in, but you know, they started off at just being corn and then so many other bands, I think stole that sound. Even, even. That's no, yeah, Biscuit's the obvious one, mate. Did you know that Vanilla Ice stole Korn's producer and put out two albums in the late 90s of New Metal, which also included a re-corned up, rocked version of uh, um, Ice Ice Baby retitled Too Cold. Go and check Ooh. that out, listeners. And, uh, Vanilla Ice did a song with the Bloodhound <laughs> Gang, like a new metal rap kind of yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. On the, on his, <laughs> it's on his second new metal album. Check out his first one. It's produced by the Corn producer. Mm. Oh, it's great. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> we all learned something. But back to Follow the Leader, uh, all the artwork was done by McFarlane, wasn't it? Todd McFarlane, I think, the comic book yeah. guy. Born. And he did the music video as well and you know, like they definitely had their their aesthetic together. Corn's got their look, the you know their Adidas gear, and you know their hardcore. Oh shit! I completely forgot. I'd seen Corn live. Were you there at the Big Day Out when they came and played? I left and went and watched the fun living fun loving criminals. Yeah. <laughs> you need you needed your Scooby snacks. I needed my Scooby snacks. I was really into uh, right. fun loving criminals at the time. Oh, I okay. got a guitar you- pick. From the fun loving Christmas. Oh, nice. Right in the mouth. Um, it flew oh. in the air. Went, <laughs> I couldn't see where it was. Everyone lost it. And then the mm. guy in front of me had no shirt on. He was all sweaty. He turned around and on his yeah. back. And I just plucked it off him. Licked it off. <laughs> you just licked it off. Yeah. Uh, Get, that. Get that pre-COVID sweat in my mouth. I, uh, I just I just flagged the episode by much. saying the C word. How dare I? Uh, where was I going with that? Yeah, saw them live, right? And I'm in the there in the pit. You remember that the thing when you could say the pit? I don't think we're allowed to do that anymore either. Uh, and the band what? comes out, and they why not? Yeah, the mosh pit. I don't know. Do they have those anymore? I'm too old for that shit now. Um, okay, that's excellent. I'm happy for the young folk. 
they came out on stage and they just they just stood there, right? There was no noise, no you know they weren't like rumbling bass or anything. They just came out and stood there and they looked fucking hard, man. They just looked like I don't know, bunch of hardcore gang members going to sell meth or something. And then they started playing. What what? What tour was it? Was this for Follow the Leaders? Yeah, probably. Would have been late 90s, I think, if not early 2000s. can't really remember. But they just looked, the stage presence was just, holy fuck, these guys are hard. And then they kicked into, I don't know, I can't remember what their opening song was. Would have been something off, you know, some big banger. But it was just for the hour that they played, just fucking an assault to the senses of awesomeness, you know, just real heavy, real solid real aggressive and you can tell they mean it you know when you see some bands and they're just they're on it they're on point and you know that everything's legit that was corn you know i don't think it would have been so good if fred durst had been there and they did some you know some of the rap stuff but what they played there i think their new metal straight rock you know that corn sound fuck that smash it it's good stuff did I have a point there? I think I did. Over to no, you. I just rambled forever. It was pretty boring. <laughs> I started losing it. Just the usual. I'll talk you about more interesting things now. Um, yeah. Go on then. Was, when, when they were in the studio recording this, um, mm. apparently there was a massive amount of drugs and alcohol and women in the studio. When he was recording the vocals for It's On, uh, there were mm. people getting blowjobs right behind me. There were there was girls banging each other in front of me, people getting boned in the closet right behind me. It was the craziest <laughs> shit I've ever seen in my life, and I sang that song. Uh, so, Davis, uh, apparently, Is there any he way only to get- agree- shut up. He only agreed to begin tracking vocals when producer Toby Wright met his demands for an eight ball, which is uh, one eighth ounce of cocaine. Don't get yeah, the kids' recipes. What? I was just thinking, can can you get the you know the uh, the streams of that session so you could isolate his vocals? Would you hear like all the scissoring in the background? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's a good idea. <laughs> These are important. Remember, remember Guns and Roses? What was that? Uh, was it song Rocket Queen, where they recorded Axl Rose having sex with someone's girlfriend, and it's that's all her humping noises during the. The recording, it was oh. real. Sounds delightful. I don't know the song Rocket Queen, but I'm going to go have to listen to it now. Yeah. I said um, I use, use Your Illusion something. No, that's on Appetite. Okay. Um, well, future I, episode. Yeah. I've got a couple of different sources saying, depending on who you believe, they either spent $27,000 or $60,000 on booze while recording this album. Plus mm. money on top of that for um, uh, uh, drugs, all the drugs they were doing. So this is their excess album where they were just smashed out of their brains and Jonathan Davis was a full-on meth addict. And there mm. was a lot of uh, getting on meth and beating each other up and Jonathan Davis going from a very nice, sweet young man to uh, just a crazy asshole who would try and attack you for no reason. And mm. he talks about kicking meth 
after this, realized he needed to uh, change his evil ways. All right. And then he just carried carried on being evil. He's a pretty troubled guy. Like, I went through interviews with him in his Wikipedia, and Mm. I'm surprised he didn't fucking top himself years ago. He's a fucking nutbag. Um, Mm. (laughs) uh, The music is his release. Oh, apparently. Like, um, uh, he was a coroner, and he really Mm. enjoyed doing that, but apparently he got... You know, there's a song about dead bodies everywhere and stuff. Mm. Apparently, you got a bit of PTSD from working in a coroner's um, lounge. And um, uh, he, he just had dreams of dead babies everywhere and all that sort of stuff. Um, well, he should have just been having sex with the corpses. Well... Close enough. Uh, let me see. He had, he had <laughs> asthma when he was a kid. When he was a kid. Um, his heart stopped. I didn't see no damn light or hear any music when he had a critical asthma attack. Uh, in high school, he was harassed for wearing eyeliner, baggy clothes, and listening to new wave music. So justified, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But he was called uh, homophobic names. And later he tattooed faggot on his arm. Um, uh-huh. Oh no! Owning it. Uh, oh no! That inspired the song "Faggot," and then uh, he got HIV tattooed on his arm, inspired by the experience of being bullied. In reference to that, uh, I don't. I don't see. I don't get the reference. Uh, uh, yeah, gay people don't get AIDS. Um, uh, so I had post-traumatic stress <laughs> from seeing dead babies and young kids. That had... It's a politically correct world, Brad. We deny <laughs> the evidence in front of us. So shut yeah. up. It's all right. <laughs> We're men. We straight, can say it. We won't. Straight people get it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, blah, blah, blah. so oh, yes. he found his parents drug stash at 16. He had to take a lot of therapy to make the nightmares go away. Uh, And then apparently he didn't get along with his stepmother and he accused her of trying to poison him. And Mm. she just put um, hot Thai oil and jalapeno juice into his drinks when he was a kid to try and make him sick. And uh, he had sexual fantasies of his stepmother dreaming of fucking and killing her. Uh, well, just, you know, to put things in perspective, I mean, if you're going to go through it, if, if he has to go through all that stuff in order to become a squajillionaire, right, he's going to need all that, all that as fuel for his musical energy. Would he do it all again? Have you thought about torturing one of your children and so that should, they would turn into like a musical So that they could turn into wonderful musicians? Well, no, it hadn't occurred to me until this very moment. You should do it. Work on it. Why not? I'm probably doing it, but not on purpose. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Make, making uh, them eat their vegetables and shit. Motherfucker, dad, made me eat my vegetables. Yeah. Apparently, he's got a song called Daddy, which gave rise to a rumour that he was molested by his father, though he denies it, but then he reckons he was molested by a lady who was a family friend growing up, and the family didn't believe him. 
Uh, this isn't making for a fun podcast. What did you no. think of the of the first song? <laughs> Hang on. The first song's there. not about family rape. Hang on. Uh, divorced the first wife and then, I don't know, and then his, the second wife, she killed herself recently. And she was You're on just completely ignoring me. You're just, just, you're just barreling through your script of yeah. Jonathan Davis's miserable life. Uh, violent restraining life. order against her, blocking childhood custody, and then yeah, she died recently. And then he got COVID, and now we're up to date with him. So he's a oh, messed up dude. COVID too. Ah, uh, you forgot about his sex and pornography addiction, and uh, and he's got white man dreads, isn't he? And he yeah, wears a cultural kilt. appropriation. Hell is wrong. Yeah, he's like he's stealing from the Scotsman and the Jamaican. And then what else has he got? Oh, he's got HR Geiger's um, microphone stand. That's impressive. He paid for that, though. That's not appropriation. Probably did. But there'd be some abuse behind it, I'm sure. I'm sure someone fisted someone because it's HR Geiger. So, there would have been hacksaw dildos somewhere. Yeah. So when you put this record on, I mean, you pick this one and you yeah. tra- chuck it on, you hit play. Are you enjoying it straight off the bat or are you having to get in the mood for some corn? Uh, I enjoyed it. I think it's a great album. Um, to me, when it hits the Fred Durst song, it starts mm. going downhill from there. Mm. Uh, I, I'm enjoying it all the way. I think it's just too fucking long. I think that can be a criticism of a lot of albums. Like, There's not much wrong with it except it just bloody goes on too long, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, the Fred Durst one's bearable for me, but nah. a bit skippable. And then it's just the rest puts me out of the mood. Last, the last song is definitely crap. Earache, my eye. Yeah, it's got some druggy dude talking about his druggy things. Yeah, that's it. I think they they got in this like if what, the stories you're telling are bang on. It's like they had three songs from the previous album or from the tour that were like, yep, these are our bangers. Looked like they'd actually put some work in. Those are the first three songs on the album. And then the rest, they went, all right, let's, you know, let's whack a few riffs together and get our mates in the studio and record another 14 songs. And it'll be great, you guys. And it wasn't. What the... Something interesting to me is the big hit of the album is Freak on a Leash. Yeah. It's got 261 million streams. Yeah. Uh, and then Got the Life is 134 million. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the album's kind of around that um, sort of 5 to 15 million. Yeah, okay. So it's a severe drop-off. Well, you see that with a lot of albums. You know, it's one or two songs and then the rest are millions of streams behind it. But I think these days with Spotify and for a band like Korn, like I said, who have their hits and then a lot of shit, that's all I'm doing. I'm going to the playlist that says, you know, this is Korn or Best of Korn and that's all I'm going to listen to. I'm not going to go and find the fucking deep cuts anymore, you know? Now, I think a lot of songs just get put into playlists and those are the ones mm. that get played and then everything else is pretty much forgotten these days. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, like this is an hour and six minutes long, hour and seven minutes long. It's too long. I, I'm really missing the days of 40-minute, 50-minute albums. Yeah. Give me a 44-minute yeah. album. Bang it out. Yeah. Get it done. Uh, Ten. We've got to talk about Metallica. Uh, the first Metallica oh, albums, do. 50 minutes mm. long, and then something happened and they started being an over an hour, an hour 15. Mm. A lot of their new albums are hour 15 long. So that's another 25 minutes, and those are the albums that get criticised for the early albums, pretty much masterpieces. You don't, you can't say much is wrong with them. <laughs> hey, from a if certain point of view, yeah. If you're a fan, you know. <laughs> I think it's like the new stuff, there's nothing really wrong with it except it just goes on too goddamn long. Mm. And uh, we've, yeah. we've talked about before where used to be with vinyl, 40, 50 minutes was basically your limit. Yeah, yeah. When you got to CD, they could spread it out to an hour 15, so they just started cramming as many songs as they yeah. can on there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just wonder if streaming think, now, does any of that matter? Like, why can't they go back to making shorter but good albums? Because this is an album no. that I think it's really good. It's just it goes on and on and on. Well, now you have no limit. Now you could do a 30-song album, you know? Like, it doesn't matter. If it's all digital, you can go as long as you like, which is fucked up. Like, you, yeah, but, you get a bit of the, like, you say how Metallica went from, you know, a certain time and then got longer and longer and more bloated or or you know maybe that's not the right term but is it the is it the george lucas effect you know too many yes men not enough people telling them no producers going oh yeah i can't tell metallica what to do or i can't tell corn what to do you know these guys are making money as opposed to someone a producer coming in going right you need to chop all this shit out we're going to make a good album you know i don't know we need a special guest to come on and tell us well, I confirm the suspicion that they're just trying to put as many songs on as they can, as to have as many chances to have as many hits as they can. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's what it is. But you know, with streaming now, you don't need to do that anymore. I guess they're still selling CDs, but not that many. Yeah, with streaming now, you need to get in a movie that's a big hit, and then your song, you know, is in the music video that goes viral or you need to get on tiktok or some shit i don't know man i don't know how it works i remember the days you had to record an album put out an album and tour that album now it's just give me a song and put it in the background of somebody's bouncing boobs and then i've got a million views well these bands are legacy bands now like corn mm. um well they make the money from touring and they're touring the greatest hits yeah, and no one's there for the new stuff, you know. And they make a good living right. out of that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm not knocking it, but um, uh, I don't know. But as an album, know. like, how many skippers you got? Oh, mate, like I said, I'm listening to the first three songs, and then I'm out. Or is it four songs? I'm right at the start of the album. I think those are classic songs, top quality corn. So it's on. Uh, uh, got the life, freak on a leash. Those are the, I mean, the three, those classic corn, put them on their greatest hits record. Sweet. The rest of it, I could not give a shit. Unmemorable, still corn, still sounds like corn. Maybe if one of those songs came up on a, like a, a shuffle playlist, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is all right. But in the context of the album, 
I'm fucking over it by the time Fred Durst's job, motherfucker, yeah, stuff. I'm I'm gone. Well, I got I got four epics. It's on Freak on a Leash, Get the Life, Got the Life, mm. sorry, and BBK. I like BBK. Yeah, yeah, I know mm. the one, but again, just yeah, what's that? A little bit later on the album, maybe mid to late album. Uh, a couple of songs later. Yep. Yeah, uh, just seven, seven decents, dead bodies, children Ooh. of the corn, pretty, playing my place, Justin's the cantosis. Yeah, yeah. And I got three filler, uh, all in the family. I'm not sure if I'm being a bit rough on that. That might be decent. <laughs> my gift to you filler. and Eric, my eye, the crap. Yeah, sure. Uh, but the rest I can get along with it. It's just, um, yeah, like, like I say, I get to the halfway point, I am kind of feel like I'm done, to be honest. You've heard everything yeah, that I've yeah. got to offer at that point, you know? That's right. Yeah, the aggression doesn't go anywhere. They've got nothing new. It's not like they're doing different musical, st- you know, styles or taking you on a journey. It's just, here's our shtick, and it's coming at you like a fucking ton of bricks. Then again, yeah. I don't expect, don't expect Corn to write a fucking acoustic song you know i wasn't you don't expect a hotel california or you know like an epic you know rock radio classic you you, you get what you get with corn so you know i can't uh you can't be too negative but it is what you expect it's what's on the box if you know what i mean but yeah you can i can only stand like 20 minutes of what's on the box before i'm reaching for something else yeah, not a huge versatile band, but then they are. They're you're there for that one thing, aren't you? So, absolutely. I I rate Corn as one of the better bands of the late nineties for sure. Like they're they're killer and important in the musical scope. But I can't sit there for an hour. Even their first album, you know, I'm sure if I'm in a shitty mood or I want to scream while I'm driving in the car, I'll put Corn on for. It's usually their first record, but maybe half the album. And then I'm like, cool, I've vented. You know, I'll maybe come back in for the second half later. But, yeah, not all go all the time. Yeah. Uh, cats be ours. What are you giving this? It's only three good songs. I do this every fucking week. Let's pick an album where I don't like three songs and hate the rest of it, but still think it's a, cl- a classic band, so I can't give it too shit of a score. Um, uh, in the scale of, of overall of Corn albums, it's not their best one, but Freak on the Leash is one of their best songs. I'm gonna have to just. Uh, you got to rate the album, not the legacy of the band, though. You got to kind of be fair. Like they can have huge hit singles and a crap album. Yeah, yeah. we've got yeah, to be honest about things. Okay, out of out of, out of the ten, I'd give it a three. Then three cats meows. Yep, going low because I'm only liking three songs, man. I'm only coming back for those three songs, and it's. How many are there on the album? Like 13, 14 or some shit? So I gotta gotta go low. And as you said, can't judge it on the band, gotta do it on the actual album. I I um you know, like I have I struggle to score these two myself because they're an epic songs. So I feel should get more points than a decent song. Yeah. And, 
And I don't know if a filler song should be a negative <laughs> negative number on the score. Okay, just put a score on it then. Just put a score on it and then we'll move on. Yeah. To me, I'm giving it seven cat's meows and a dead bird Holy on the fuck. carpet. Yeah. Wow. Because I actually enjoy all of it. It just gets a bit long and there's a couple of crappers. But overall, it's a good album. I enjoy it. It's They deliver that one thing really well. And um, the crappers aren't that crap, I guess. It's just not. Mm, yeah. I guess the last song is a total crapper. Mm. But, mm. yeah, the rest of it's all, yeah, you get what you pay all for right. with corn. Well, that's, that is true. But that is that's a big call for, for an album of a couple of classic songs. But this is your opinion my friend, and you're welcome to it. Well, I I, I, I I rate it on listenable songs and unlistenable songs. <laughs> and <laughs> only one That's how I kind of right. feel. Yeah. Was it, worth all, was it worth all Johnson, Jonathan Davies suffering in order for you to get this album? Uh, yeah, fucking, I don't care. <laughs> He's got our money. Ah, I probably would have beaten him up in high school too. <laughs> nah, little faggot. Well, you can't say that. Jeez, what? <laughs> Brad, you take that uh, back. Bring on. He's no, a bundle I... of sticks. He's a bundle <laughs> of sticks. They're all little... call... You can't call all people the... bundle of sticks anymore, Brad. God. All the, all the members are corner, but little tiny twigs. But once you put them together as a band, they are a mighty faggot. We, we, we didn't talk about the head. The head left to, to join the church and become a Christian. Um, well, did he? The but then he, he came back. He came, well, what happened is he went broke. He had bu- bad business dealings. He got ripped off. He said that he left corn because he found God and then he didn't approve God didn't approve of the music videos or the music or the message. So he went broke and then all of a sudden God changed his mind and said it's all right to go back to corn now. <laughs> I don't mind the messages anymore. <laughs> Good on you, uh, God, for a- changing your mind. God approves of corn. <laughs> God's a wily motherfucker. Just keeping people on their toes. All right. Until next Thanks, week. God. Give us a tip.